We three from GP, ran to Tommy B, broadcasting live on your frequency, giving you updates on these Georgia streets. These are voices for the people that don't get to speak. Issues, black news, the conversation's deep. Shout out to Slick I'm Nick. going in on the beat. iPods, Androids, or your laptop. These boys swinging for the fence, saying lie. Then came a long way from being homies on the block. From afros and braids, and now they at the top. You want facts? This is where I get them from. GP3, RTT at gmail.com. Send them feedback, and they'll be sure to send a response. I gotta go now. The show starts in 3, 2, 1. Hey, what's up, y'all? We are back. That's right, we're back. Man, it's number 32. That's right, we like roaches. <laughs> you think you got rid of us? We come back. Coming back. Number 32, man. It's uh, 32. You know, round 32. That's 32. OJ's number, man. That's right. Jim Brown, man. Jim Brown and OJ. Franco Harris, man. Franco. Yeah. Let me ask you, man. 32, have any, uh, since OJ messed up, as much relevance as it used to? Now, you and I grew up in that era man, where 32 was era. big, man. Well, you know, for one thing, running backs, you don't hear too much about running backs anymore. That's true. So That's it's, true. A, it's a pass-happy league. And so, yeah. to be quite honest, I can probably only name maybe five running backs now. Yeah, yeah. You me know? too. So, um, But I don't think 32 is held in reverence like it used to be when we were. When kids. we were growing up, 32 was... Oh. Massive. Oh yeah, that's the number I you mean, want. If you're going to be the halfback. Oh yeah, that was your number. You wanted 32. 32. So 32 it is. Hey y'all, uh, lots of stuff going on this week, and I'm just going to jump right into really? it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Damn, man, like a tsunami each week, man. I know it, man. We'll start on the lighter side. NCAA attorney uh, March Madness. You watching? I've watched bits and pieces of games. I've been watching a lot of the like the last two to three minutes. But you know now yeah. there's yeah. so many networks broadcasting games. I agree. You know, it used plus to be, it's on Twitter. It's on Twitter. It's right? on Twitter. It's on. Uh, they're streaming it. It's on ESPN, uh, TNT, TBS, yeah, uh, CBS. I mean, you know, it's just it's an overload. Then you got the other tournaments going on. You got the NIT tournament. Yeah, it don't matter. Keep you know, going. And so, you know, it's <laughs> Georgia. Yeah. I mean, you know, we we based in Georgia, man. All the Georgia teams are, are gone. Well, even they, when they went to the NIT. Oh, Tex out. I think Tex out, too. I know they won their first game. OK, so but I, I heard I mean, they're not going to go that they're far. not going to go deep. Man. They're not going to go deep. The women's, you know, tournament. Well, you know, for the NCAA, man, this, this is this is this is their big bonanza. This is. is this is their rating sweep. Yeah. For three weekends. Mm-hmm. They, they own the world. Yeah. They, I, they, they own the sporting world, man. And, and yeah. uh you know the the key is just make it each weekend. Yeah, I agree. And but you know, um, basketball, uh, college basketball is so predictable because it's typically the same blue bloods. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the you definitely know. blue. Yeah, I <laughs> Duke mean, and North Carolina, Kentucky, and Kentucky, Kansas, <laughs> and Kansas, UCLA. Yep, UCLA, I mean, man. You know, and, and and all of them got blue. So. All of them got blue, man. And so you, you know, know, it's 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 the same. You know, the rich ironically, get, the yeah. rich get richer, man. But you know, man. You know, I, I got to give it to the coaches because I played high school basketball, mm-hmm. and um, you know, you 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 know, you you play some ball or mm-hmm. you, yeah, you know you're around it. Um, you got to have an appreciation for people like Coach K who do what they do in and out every single year and stay on that level. I mean, that it's tough because. I don't, you know, parity in a lot of cases. A lot of well, these teams you know, go out, especially I, with international. Well, you players, know, I give you know? Coach K. I, I agree. With, I give Coach K a lot of credit, but at the same time, yeah, Coach K is at a point now he doesn't have to recruit. He oh, just selects kids. They come to him. They select kids. So, yeah. but but you know what? He earned that. Yeah, I mean, he 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 spent his time. But Coach K came in an era yeah. when 
colleges were giving coaches opportunities to yeah. grow and develop. Because yeah. if you look at Coach K's early record, man, yeah. uh, if, if this was today's time, he would have been fired. Yeah. I, don't know. I mean, I'm so it's a, it's a yeah. it's a different world. Well, you had who do you have left? You got Coach K, North Carolina's coaches. What's his name? Roy Williams. Roy Williams. Rick uh, Patino. Rick Patino is still doing it. He's still doing it. Okay. Uh, so Jim Beheim up at Syracuse. Yeah, those are like legendary coaches, man. Right. So, so I mean, you know, the coaching profession is is a is a high burnout, high stress, uh, short term profession. And, and Kentucky's coach. Calipari. Yeah. Yeah. He's bounced around, but he's been around for a long time. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and they get paid, man. Yeah. They, they get, get that, you know, close to NBA dollar. Well, you, you know, know, for many of these coaches, they are the highest paid employee uh, yeah. on campus. Particularly, in the state. Yeah. But in, in some instances, the state, you know, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. uh, and for, for really most of these schools we mentioned are basketball schools, but yeah. on the converse, you have the. Uh, the football programs like the Nick Sabres, et cetera. Yeah. The, they, these guys are the highest paid state employees, you know. They, but see, you look at North Carolina, basketball dominates their sports oh, program. Kentucky. Duke, same thing. And Duke. Football, Those, football, football is, you, football it's, an is it's, it's an activity to prepare you for basketball. Yeah. Agreed. You know, so that type of stuff. But, you know, I was reading an article in Huffington Post, man. Um, they surveyed uh, sports fans about whether these athletes should get paid. Yeah. And, it was clear uh, on racial lines that 52% of the African-Americans who took the survey said these kids ought to get paid. Yeah, because, you know, they know somebody. They they either, you know, probably polled somebody's kids. Right. You know, and I mean, then, the majority, still the majority of the players on, on the basketball side are African-American. Or, well, you know. if you look at the revenue sports, I think I read a stat, something close to 70% in revenue sports, meaning basically football and basketball. Yeah, yeah. 70% of the athletes are African-Americans. Yeah. Whereas that on the same survey, 27% of whites said these kids should get paid. Uh, and they really meant that they shouldn't get paid really more than beyond their um, tuition. Wow. Okay. You know, it's amazing how, um, you know, you and I have kids in college mm-hmm. that they have an opportunity to make money. Yeah. Whereas these athletes, they're not given that opportunity to, to make money. Yeah, yeah. And so you know, but they, they still, you know, they still get money. Well, in a well, roundabout. Well, way. they they get they get money. I mean, they get perks. Well, they get perks, uh, but that's part of the scholarship. I mean, you know, I mean, let's think about it. Yeah. Uh, if your kid is a national merit scholar or an honors college at a school, mm-hmm. he gets perks that the other kids don't get. Yeah, yeah. So you know. Well, who you got, man? Oh man, uh, finals. In the finals? Yeah. Or let's not say finals against, but who do you think is going to win it all? Oh, wow. Because, um, damn, I'm trying to keep a bracket together. Right, man, right, right, right now, I'm, 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 looking at, um, I'm looking at probably Kansas and uh, Duke is a hot team right now. Yeah, they are, man. I saw them uh, play North Carolina. Right. And uh, they beat North Carolina. That was pretty impressive. Yeah. They yeah, look good. They look good. But North Carolina, you, you can't count them out either. But, yeah. hey, the de- defending champ got knocked out yesterday. Wait a minute. Who? Villanova. Wow. They got knocked out by Gonzaga. Gonzaga's a beast sometimes, man. Yeah. Gonzaga, I think, lost one or two games. Just like right? Butler? Yeah. Well, come out of nowhere. <clears throat> Excuse but, me. Butler, a lot of these teams. Yeah, Butler won yesterday, too. I think, yeah, Butler's still in it. But, yeah. I mean, they may not be big, but, but they're quick and they can but, shoot. But, you, you know, one reason why they're good? Uh, why? Since they don't recruit the blue chip athlete yeah, yeah their athletes tend to stay longer yeah so they have more mature players on the team yeah true and so they don't have the one and done kids yeah yeah so yeah. they have guys who've been who've been playing for three and four years well cool yeah. well hey man i i'm going with um i'm going with duke okay. i think it's either gonna be duke or north carolina okay one okay. of the two they look good i mean they look good they're well coached 
Uh, they're healthy. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm going in that direction because those guys know how to win in the clutch. You know, we're going to see about the small team, see if they can make it. Yeah, I'm rooting for the small teams. Man. Cool, man. Cool. Uh, big article, man. Uh, came out. Um, well, you sent a copy. I think you sent that to me. Which one? The one NPR, Atlanta. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. When you first saw that. Okay, first, frame it. Frame the article. Okay, well, this is an article written by a, a journalist, a music journalist at NPR. And he was really talking about Atlanta. And he said one of the things that Atlanta right now... Uh, unbeknownst to many people, has become a a hip hop um, mecca. <laughs> okay. What it's, year is this? Twenty seventeen. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. In that, um, <laughs> when you look at the latest songs and fads, mm-hmm. the dab, um, uh, the, the nene, the whoop, all those things originated here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Okay. No other region right now is hot as Atlanta when it comes to. Uh, the, that type of cultural exportation. Uh, what the what the guy was talking about in the article is that, despite all this fame and notoriety, I mean, we got the movie ATL, uh, we got the TV show ATL, mm-hmm. uh, we got over thirty something um, productions in place, mm-hmm. and about a third of those are hip hop related. Mm-hmm. That um, Atlanta has not embraced its its place as a hip hop as a hip hop center. Mm. Uh, it is not supporting these artists or supporting the hip hop community, you know? Um, and a lot of that is based on the, the, the genre that is really hot right now. Trap music. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're not talking about what, the, what the guys, uh, you know, outcast. outcast and, and TI and, and, and ludicrous, those guys did. But now this is a whole new genre, this trap music. And so trap music right now, um, if you, talk to many people in the music scene has either you love it or you don't yeah uh there's no middle ground there's no middle ground with trap music i mean you know it's, it's strip clubs yeah yeah it go is ahead. it is um go ahead, it's man. booty clapping music man i mean you know, at the end of the day when 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 you know when your girl Popping Portia, bottles. when Portia or, or, or monet is on the center stage Nikki. you know yeah when she's on the center stage and, and you got the dj back there hey that's oh, so it's it's just an interesting article, man. You know, because you know, for for discussion, you know, is Atlanta um, is it is Atlanta? You know, eating its own. I mean, I was on my Twitter feed, and, and there's a uh, one of the um, most prominent uh, music figures. I'm not going to give the person's name. Um, you know, made a comment about the article too. I mean, she was saying, you know, as a, as a music professional, she feels it. Well, you know, what, what, give me an opinion on that. I, I, I have my opinion. Well, you know, I, but I, mean, I don't want to. I don't want to. I mean, the, the, the first thing is, um, I think the argue, I think the article does have some merit. Uh, I'm not a trap music fan. I'm, I'm, I mean, that's just me. To me, it's more about. I'm an old school hip hopper in terms of. It's generational. The, the, it has. I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, I can remember the golden age of hip hop when when you had lyricists. Yeah, guys. I'm not saying that greatest rapper in terms of rapping ability, but mm. songs that that had um, that had content. Um, 
that really meant something. And I find yeah. trap music to me is is is, is dumbing it down. Right, is is about a beat, and if you can come up with some type of party phrase, yeah, yeah, um, and a now, chant, a chant. Now remember, yeah. now the early hip hop was that. It was part when you la di da, you know, you know, rappers delight. Those yeah. were those were party chants. Now. Yeah, you know, then yeah. we then we went to this. We went to you know, um, uh, we went. The message kicked off the whole consciousness. Then yeah, then you, yeah. then we went into uh, the boys from L.A. came in with the gangster rap, and, yeah. and then we've kind of gone back to the. We went back to the party thing. Yeah, and now we're going. Now we're going in this trap music, which is another direction. But uh, are digressing. But in terms of the article, I do believe that Atlanta is very afraid of positioning itself as a as a as a place of hip hop. Well, I, I think, and and you know, here's my opinion. Okay, when I saw the article, first of all, I said, okay, NPR, who are you targeting? Who's gonna read it? Okay, I get it. Uh, I know NPR has a news forum. Um, and the other thing is this: trap is nothing new for the city of. I mean, trap's been around. It's been around for years. For years. I, I mean, trap uh, candidly was Ti. You know, uh, you know, Ti really when Ti came out, what nineties. So here's my, my point trap, is trap has really been strip club music that, that for a long time. It's for been a in the, it's been in the clubs. Now it's gone mainstream. It reminds me of I lived in Miami in the eight uh, yeah. in the eighties. Yeah, we were listening to Luke and the Two Live Crew yeah. every day. The booty, yeah, right? The booty but, music. It, yeah. but once it went to the white suburbs, yeah, yeah, it became and and trap to me is is getting that way. See, here's here's my thing. It's like when when an article comes out in NPR, what it means is okay, now it's mainstream. Where, you know, the people who've always kind of been there, supported it, look at it and say, okay, you know, too little, too late. Because now it's mainstream and NPR apparently is trying to say this to the mainstream that Atlanta doesn't support. Where, I mean, I think, you know, I I agree, but I disagree uh, because candidly, uh, I think sometimes it comes down to content. You know, I think also as a city, if you're talking about, okay, are we talking about Chamber of Commerce? Are we talking about, uh, who are you talking about? The mayor? Is the mayor going to go out and and, <laughs> and, and, and put a sign on, on, the, on City Hall that says, knuck if you buck? No, I doubt that. Because, you know, there's a city that Atlanta, an image that Atlanta wants to attract commerce, jobs, and well, grow. And there are a lot of things about Atlanta. When you take a look, at Atlanta's struggles, which we had talked about, I think you and I maybe had talked about on offline. It ain't a perfect city. When you go into the core and you look at some of the poverty, some of the things going on, and sometimes that stuff, it gets swept under the rug. Now, I don't know, man. I think it's, you know, consider the source. Well, I, you know what? Um, the, the, the brother who wrote this from NPR is... is is, is, is it's kind of late to me. I looked at it. And well, I said, okay, yeah, late, yeah, man. yeah. He he late, but he he does a whole lot of other stuff. So I mean, I got to give him. I got to. Well, I give him credit for his knowledge, and I'm not right. I'm not debunking well, I, the article. But what I am saying is, look, you know, I think I think that that was a bold statement to make in 2017. I think if you were going to make the statement, if you were going to come out and be bold about it, maybe we should have made that statement 10 years ago. Because well, quite frankly, I think Trap's kind of like on the downtrend. I mean, it's starting to, it's not gone away. It's still strong. But other genres, are, I mean, people are looking for other groundbreaking genres and creative sources. You know, I mean, you know, I, 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 because it's it's I all now beginning to sound the same, and well, it's becoming too commercial. Well, it is it is all the same, man. I mean, at the same time, it's just you know 
whatever it is. Well, see, but, I'm but, not even going. I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm not creative. I'm not going. I get it because we're not in the we're not in the demo. Right. We ain't in the demo. Um, I just think that right now uh, the city of Atlanta, uh, as a city, is at. This is like going on for the past 15 years. Mm-hmm. It's at a serious crossroads in trying to brand itself. Yeah. But but you know what? Here's my thing, man. And you and I grew up here. OK. Name an artist who really has been the face of the city. I can't think of one. Yeah. Even when you look at SOS Band, who basically from Atlanta, they didn't get the praise. Now, the only artist I think who probably had the opportunity that's kind of gone international, Outkast. I think Outkast has received more accolade about being from Atlanta than most. Well, I think I think not only that, but Outkast also um, set the groundwork for Southern hip hop. Yeah. I mean, Plus Outkast, their content and their lyrics, they were, were, they were accessible. Right. They were accessible. They were, yeah. I, I would agree with that, but uh, all trap ain't accessible, man. Come on now, come on. Yeah, well, I, I'm glad it's that way. <laughs> For real, I mean, really, man. If you compare roses, if I mean, I'm outcast, Miss Jackson, and a lot of the outcast stuff, it was accessible. Right, it was accessible. But you know, some of the stuff lyrically, it ain't accessible. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not. It's, you know, unless, it ain't gonna be um, unless you streaming it. Bad and bougie day at, yeah. at the city hall next week. Nah, nah, nah. I mean, shout out to the Migos, and, and I'm cool with it, man. But these cities, man, have to struggle for commerce. They're in a constant battle for commerce. Well, even internally. Now, you know this, man. Well, I mean, you know, the, the problem with most of these cities now is that the fact is that um, one of the problems is that the demos are changing so dramatically within the city. Yeah, because what's happening is all these other uh, pop-up cities. That are that are going becoming independent, right? And they're pulling the tax base away, right? And so now you, you now you got these, um, you got a, a a diverse demographic, but yet you still have a homogeneous power structure, mm-hmm. and that is and that is the conflict right there. Yeah, that is that is the conflict. The, the homogeneous power structure love the revenue coming in, yeah, but they don't want to stand side by side at City Hall with their fist up. No. It's <laughs> no. saying, this month, anyway. Yeah, they, <laughs> you, know? you know, so I don't know, man. It's a, it's kind of a, you know, a double-edged sword. It, it is. I mean, it is. I mean, you, you know. You, wanna, you know the real reason a lot of conventions come to Atlanta. You know why. Mm-hmm. Why? There's a lot of entertainment here. <laughs> <laughs> the strip club culture oh, yeah. oh, is yeah. huge in Atlanta, oh, just yeah. like Miami. Oh, yeah. I'm so it's the closest thing. If you go to you know Charlotte within the southeast, I was talking to a friend of mine who works for the NBA. Yeah. And he was telling me that they literally every year have to sit down with the young men and to warn them about certain cities. Yeah. And, and Atlanta's one of them. Atlanta's on that list. They, I mean, they mm. literally have to like say, okay. This place is like the Mecca. Yeah. It, I mean, you know, back in the day, it was the city. Yeah. Every, you know, it, I remember watching TV, you seeing Sinbad with a city hat on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. I mean, I, I got nothing against, uh, and, and I don't think you do either. I mean, I, I understand the music industry. We understand the fact that, you know, uh, creative license and freedom for these artists, they have to have that uh, oh, yeah. uh, fight for yeah. that. Yeah. But, but ultimately, you know, you can't criticize. I mean, Compton... The Compton uh, City Council, they weren't like uh, waving the NWA flag 
back in the day when NWA was selling no, millions no, of records. No. I mean, I'm just saying cities have to make a decision what they embrace based on their ability to attract business companies right, right. and, and well, jobs. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean so, you know, the, the, I think the, one of the challenges is a lot of times with a lot of these uh, uh, these music writers, they're a lot of millennials young. Yeah, they don't understand the full dynamics of. They speak from a more radical point of view. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, in that, which is cool. Which is cool, but they a lot of times they don't understand the point of views. They don't know the other points of views of why certain decisions were made. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, maybe that's a question for Kasim Reed. I mean, you know, maybe I don't know. Maybe he should have been sourced in the article or something. I, I just, you know, I kind of thought it was late. I'm like, eh, okay. I mean, I think that was just something for his base for, you know, the because, you know, 35, 54 year old white woman looking at NPR is going to say, oh, wow, why are they doing that to the black people? You know, and that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I, I kind of got it and I didn't. I know you read it. Appreciate you sending it to me. Mm-hmm. Move on, man. What you got on the Trump train this week? Oh man, this this train, man, this this train. Um, oh gosh, I mean, you know. Oh um, my god, dude. We should be playing the um the song by the um Gap Band <laughs> yeah. to, for his to for his it. supporters. You dropped the bomb on me, man. <laughs> uh, that budget, man. That yeah. that budget just um, it has like ripped the heart and soul yeah. out of his supporters. It has. I man. was I was watching a a replay of Bernie Sanders in West Virginia. Yeah. Uh, the town hall meeting on healthcare, mm-hmm. and they and this was a community uh, that was entrenched with Trump. Even the delegates, the Democratic delegates from this, because of coal, because of coal, mm-hmm. and which ain't coming back, right, right. And then listening to them saying the reason why we voted for this guy was because he said he was going to help the coal industry, yeah. And also the coal, the people in that community have come to a realization that coal ain't coming back. No, it ain't. They, they know that. It's not efficient. They, they, they know that. They know it's not. It's not coming. efficient. It's not cost effective. Right. And it, so. It, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a strain on the insurance business when it comes down to health. Black lung disease. And oh, yes. Yeah. And so, the, you know, one of the things that they were talking about is that one of the problems is they have a big opiate epidemic. Oh, hell yeah. Opiate epidemic. Yeah. And so this is amazing. So they were going to bring jobs back to this little community. Mm-hmm. So they did bring a prison. Right, so mm-hmm. people in the community could get hired. Yeah, you know what the problem? Was? What was people couldn't pass the drug test because of the opiate crisis. <laughs> so they got to bust people in. <laughs> and so what they were saying is that with this new health care, mm-hmm. uh, new health care bill, mm-hmm. in addition to the uh, uh, the budget, yeah, uh, these people now it's funny that they were slowly realizing that their lives mm-hmm. are going to be worse now. Yeah. I mean, I mean, because, you know, one of the guys did make a comment. He said, you know, all this stuff with Russia and all that, it don't affect me. But I had to bring this up for you. So you can have at least. You know what that is, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the alarm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry, man, late, but whatever. Yeah, so you know, so, so you know, you know, these these, pe- these people are like really saying like, "Whoa, this is real now." I mean, you know, and, and I love what Roland Martin had hashtag. He says hashtag White people, we told you, mm. <laughs> you know. Mm. So, um, you know, the, and, and I'm gonna give you a little bit under. Keep going. Keep going. Just keep rolling. Keep rolling. And the budget, man. Yeah. That budget. You see that budget, man? That budget. It's. 
You're talking about mm-hmm. gutting out everything, man. Any everything that was in, uh, enforcement related has been gutted. And I love mm-hmm. the way Trump's guy, his budget guy, was sitting up there uh, utilizing the Meals on Wheel and Sesame Street as rationale yeah. for, for cutting budgets and stuff. You yeah. know, it's like, dude. Yeah. I mean, he was like looking like he was he was getting his rocks off on this man. Did you see the press conference? Well, you know, he, and and I'm I'm not gonna go into the detail, man. But details. But this is what they've always wanted. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these guys are excited. They're just drunk. about the opportunity. They are drunk right now. They're not think, power. They're not thinking about the outcome. They're not thinking about the impact. They look at the opportunity for because eight, since they've been eight, in politics, eight damn years they've been waiting. They've for been this. waiting for. They've this. been waiting for this. So they're not worried about the impact. Yeah. So, so um, I did like the. Um, you, you see Trump tap dance. His his people trap wire tap dancing man. <sighs> Mm. And then he brings uh, Great mm. Britain and um and in um in Germany. Germany. In you see, Andrea, what's her name? Uh, Merkel. Merkel. When um when he mentioned the wire the wire tap yeah. thing, and she looked up, she said, <laughs> "Yeah, you know, because it takes a minute, I guess, for the uh, translation to hit." Right. So she's like, did a double take. I'm like, yeah, oh, man. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it's. I mean, this guy. She's like, what the fuck. <laughs> well, she. I mean, that was a part of that was a, that was that she knew about that, but that, that was like bringing up a that was like bringing up a, a, a bad issue with a, a bad sore spot with someone. Well, I think in a lot of cases, man, a lot of these um, a lot of these things are orchestrated. They have been over the years, right? And these now, when they meet with forty five, it's so impromptu and it's so off the cuff that they kind of. They're, it's a, yeah. they're waiting. Typically, and it's a, typically it's a dance. These guys have a dance before they walk. They know yeah, what the dance. They, they know, know what the song is. They know. They know what the. They know what the scorecard looks like when they walk in there. They don't know now, right? And I don't think. I don't think his people know. No. And you know, especially Spicer. Man, you, you know, and, and, and I was listening to one of these cats. His name is Ari Flesh, and Ari Flesh said, "You got to understand one thing. When you're the press secretary, yeah. your role." Is to support what the president says. Yeah. It's not to sit up there and go like, y'all, I, I really think this is BS. Yeah. No, he ain't, no. It ain't, he gonna dance. Yeah. And in the in Trump world, it's all about loyalty. Yeah. It's all about the dance. It's all about the dance, man. So, so what else you got, man? Because I know we did. Um, well, you know, the health care repeal, man. That's mm-hmm. that's uh, right now. Um, guys, are, um, um, people jumping off like rats jumping off the boat on mm-hmm. this thing, man, because they mm-hmm. don't uh, the goal. The goal is not to have this thing go to vote because once it goes to vote, that means now you've been on record. Is there an opportunity you think for it? Well, what's happening is these guys are these the congressional guys are doing everything they can to not to get to that point Mm -hmm. because they have to get to that point in order to go to the Senate. And they they know it will die in the Senate. They don't want to because once they have to vote on it now is it is it is a congressional record. Yeah. And and, and then it can be a bloodbath in terms of elections. Yeah. Agreed. So, you know, that that type of stuff right there. Did you see Maddow? Yeah, man. You know, that tax return, I mean, it, it, it didn't show anything. Yeah. Rachel uh, Maddow, what was that, Tuesday night? Or yeah, what, Tuesday what night? night. Basically, uh, Trump leaked his taxes because it said client copy on him. Yeah. Um, you know. I mean, he, a distraction. It was a distraction. I mean, he's the king of deflection. And also, getting on the road. I yeah. mean, going, you know, if you notice, he was in Nashville um, a couple days ago. Yeah. And you notice, they never panned the audience. You never saw the audience. No. <laughs> I mean, you know, and so you know he's he's on the he's on the road because now you know Flynn and Manafort, all this stuff is coming up now. Yeah, and yeah. so he said, "Hey, let me let me get out and, and find me some love." Yeah, 
You ever seen that movie? It was a movie in the 90s with Sally Field and uh, Whoopi Goldberg called Soap Dish. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was this one with scene. With Kevin Klein. Yeah, that was this one scene. I remember they went to the mall. Yeah. And um, Sally Field was having some problems. Mm-hmm. And they had, her and Whoopi said, okay, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Sally takes off her sunglasses and Whoopi says, oh, my God, it's so-and-so. <laughs> and then everyone was clamoring. And then that's what it reminded me of yeah. with, with Trump. Okay, let me go to Nashville. Let yeah. me. Let yeah. me yeah, let me hit the road, and you know, let me use my celebrity to right. Let, let me get back in the campaign mode. Yeah, you know, let me get back in the campaign mode. You know, so uh, yeah, you know, it's yeah. funny on Rachel Maddow. They showed the taxes. You know, he paid a twenty four percent tax rate. Yeah, um, you know, one hundred and fifty million dollars. And I heard one guy say, "If you're a billionaire, you usually probably make a little more than one hundred and fifty million million dollars." Mm-hmm. He paid thirty something million dollars, but again, they said what's missing is sources of income. Yeah. And yeah. where the money is going. Yeah. And so this was, you know, they did a victory lap. The only thing I liked about what she did was. Um, she raised a lot of questions. She did. I mean, before she actually, because she drug it out like, ugh, you know, forever. I know. That's, I, I get, I watch her usually every every night. Okay. That is my biggest pet peeve with her. Is she that drags it out. She drags stuff out. Get to, yeah. the, get to the goddamn point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. It's like, you know. And it was her biggest show, ratings wise. Oh yeah, it was the biggest show she's she did had a victory in lap. years. She yeah. did a victory lap. Yeah, she did. She teased it and she got the ratings. Okay, is Fareed Zakaria right about what he's saying? He came out again. You know, first of all, before I just saw the clip of him calling Trump a bullshit artist. Yeah, before the election, um, I think it was the Sunday before mm-hmm. Super Tuesday. He was hard, and after. The election, he softened a bit, and he said, okay, we're going to give this a shot. Now, he's going hard again. And um, he was even to the point where he was on, uh, you know, Don Lemon's show. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, is he right? I, I think he has a... I think he has a right to get hard, man. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. You know, he has a he has a right to get hard. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think what happens was that I think everyone was critical mm-hmm. prior to the election. Yeah, yeah. Everyone took a pause and said, "Okay, this man is the new president. Yeah, president elect. Yeah, let's give him a shot." Okay. You know, everyone has been hoping for the quote pivot. Yeah. It ain't happening. It ain't happening. You know what you're gonna get is a moment, a, a glimpse of a glimpse of hope, mm-hmm. and then it's gonna go right back to where he. Where he once was, yeah, the yeah. destination. Yeah. I think. I think the question is: Is Fareed being a journalist, or is he being, or he's being a commentator? Because that's a big difference. Because yeah. as a journalist, you're supposed to keep keep an objective point of view. Well, I think the journalists right now, man, are concerned, and they have been right. for a while. But the the journalists are concerned because they don't see an end to this. No, they don't see an end to it because... I mean, what I mean by that is they thought, I think, like you said, there would be a pivot and they don't see an end to the madness because it is pretty... I mean, they sit... One of the journalists was talking about being in the briefings and just sitting there and it's a barrage of of all this... Just BS after BS. BS. And and they're just not used to that. I I think that's the key thing. Yeah. They are playing a game where they don't know the rules now. Yeah, they don't. They don't know the rules. Yeah, there is no decorum. Right, uh, and also, change and also too, and, and and they're very frustrated with the Republican Party because they will want to say, 
if anyone, because mm-hmm. you guys were against, you guys are on the same page as, as the American public yeah. about this guy. Yeah. Now, can one of you guys raise your hand up and say, mm-hmm. this is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so they're not getting any support mm-hmm. and the way the uh, administration has freezing them. I mean, Rex Tillerson, he goes first a trip abroad. Mm-hmm. Journalists got to, got to go commercial. I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm hearing these guys talking about, I'm, I'm, I catch two and three flights. Wow. You know, um, you know, the, 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 the fact is that there's no state department briefings with all this crap, this, this administration is going through right now with all these relationships that we're, we're sev- straining. Dude, I'm nervous about North Korea, man. Oh yeah. This North Korea thing is serious. Right. I mean, it's like, cause if China, if China doesn't decide to, um, to do true sanctions, and really tighten the news. Well, from what I heard is China is to the point where they do all they can because they have already done shit. Those people in North Korea are poor. Yeah. So, I mean, shutting them off, they already in the dire straits. So that's, so they're saying is that's not going to really help. Well, what do you do? Because it's serious, man. I mean, hey, it is. you call Eli Pope. <laughs> <laughs> you call Eli Damn. Pope and say, we, we, we need to have something exterminated. Because somebody said regime change. <laughs> Yes. Is the only way out. Right, right. I mean, because. <laughs> and I knew what that meant. <laughs> right. Because right now, what's scary is. Like, right now, you got two men boys. Yeah. Number 45. A Dennis that, Rodman fan. And that guy, <laughs> and the Dennis Rodman fan, are having a pissing match on the, on, on the yeah, playground. Man. It's crazy, dude. Oh, I, mean, I, I, I just. Um, man. Because he, he's got, first of all, the missile he did tested last could reach um, South Korea. Right. Well, I mean, South, that's not the issue. Where, where did it reach? Um, he, he did um, the missile that almost reached uh, Japan or where, where was it? Something was, like that. It but was, it, what they were saying is at the end of the day, whatever we the do, distance is becoming further. Right. And also too, the fact is that whatever happens, South Korea could be the, the, the collateral damage. Oh yeah. Because whatever we would do, well, that's immediate. I, I meant more, more about right. it's getting closer to the state. Oh, Hawaii. Yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So that's, but it's, it's. I think the media. Back to your point about Farid. I think the problem is these guys now. In the past, they've been, they've had the, they've had the ability to hold people accountable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. now they got yeah. a guy they can't hold accountable. No. No, man. I mean, it's and they're not getting and they're not getting any help. It's mind numbing, man. I can't even spend a whole lot of time on it. Let's move, bro. Uh, Jordan Peele, man, hundred dollar man, hundred million dollar man. What's up with that, man? I mean, you know that it's funny though, man. When you think about all the other black filmmakers out there, yeah, yeah. uh, This guy made a movie with a four million dollar budget, and he's he's the first black guy, or first black woman, uh, director, producer Mm -hmm. to crack that mark, man. He's the first on on his debut. Oh, oh, on a debut. On a debut. Okay. He's wow. the first one. Wow. And he did it. A lot of them have cracked it, but it's taken him some time yeah, because of yeah. worldwide distribution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this guy did it within a four week, you know, within a four or five And I'll, I'll give him credit. One of the things, I mean, did you ever see the movie they did? It wasn't, he didn't direct it, but. Uh, one he did with Keegan? The, the cat, Keenu. <laughs> I saw the trailer, It's man. funny as hell, man. It's crazy. I saw the trailer, man. But, but their sense of humor, um. They are, I consider Key and Peel uh, mainstream. Um, they've got uh, a, a very strong following. They have since they've been on uh, Comedy Central. Right. 
And um, man, the hype that he got just on the reviews up front. It was the first one of the first movies to, to like debut at a hundred fresh. Right. So and it stayed that way even now. It's in the nineties, upper nineties. Right. right. I haven't seen it, but uh, people say it's good. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. I think my wife, and my daughter, said, my, "Yeah, my, millennial my, scene." My, yeah, my daughter, my youngest daughter, she after she saw it, she texted us. She says, "I want every black guy who wants to date white women to see this movie." <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> oh, so, so you know, uh, my wife said it was it was a very good movie. She said it said you know in the past when she said what's so funny about this movie this is the movie where the African American guy does not die in the first five minutes. That's oh, the that's man. the first thing, yeah. But you know, but the main thing is that you know the African American guy is not the sidekick yeah. either. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm I'm glad and 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 you know you know me, man. I'm I'm just glad that the genre has another African American because it is considered horror, th- thriller, and and horror movies and thriller movies tend to do well at the box office if they're good. So what African Americans and directors out there who 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 are real big in, in that in The movies? only one I the only other one who was really strong in the 90s was what's his name? Dickerson. Ernest Dickerson. Ernest Dickerson yeah, did. Yeah, he used a to work few. with Spike, yeah. Yeah, Ernest Dickerson did a few in the 90s. Um Didn't you do that one with Spike uh like Rage in Harlem or something like that? Mm-hmm. No, no. Well, no, uh, no, something. It wasn't Death by Temptation. Um or uh, was it the Murphy? Not the Eddie Murphy horror Blackula? flick. No, uh, the, the 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 vampire flick. He didn't do that one. But I'll 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 look that up. Go ahead, keep talking. Yeah, but so I'm gonna go ahead and take a quick. But break. yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that's a, that's a good thing, man. That 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 we are going beyond the the, the the genre. I mean, it's a prop. It's a profitable genre that we don't that we don't really touch. Hang on, man. Yeah, yeah. And and I'm glad, um, quite frankly, that that he is, you know. Uh, you know, stretching things out. I'm gonna look at. I'm gonna see Ernest Dickerson, man. How many movies you got? Okay, uh, I know. He, okay, he did Juice. Where's the horror flick? Click on the. Oh, thing. Demon. He did Demon Knight. Remember Demon Knight with uh, Jada Pinkett? Oh yeah. Okay. Click uh, on the thirty plus. Yeah. What else he do, man? What he got up here? Okay. I think a lot of these because he was associated with, uh, yeah, with Spike. He, yeah, he was an associate. He did Bones. Yeah, yeah, With, I remember. Um, I remember that Snoop was in that. Uh, was it, I know he did Brother from Another Planet. Uh, Joe see. Morton, man. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, let's see. That's probably the, that's probably one of the last. Yeah, it was Death by Temptation. Yeah, that was the one with uh, Kadeem, Kadeem and Samuel Jackson. Uh, so he's you know he was doing some horror stuff back in the day. I think he did some um, Tales from the Crypt. Uh, okay. episodes and stuff like that. So, okay. you know, I'm, I'm glad to see him, uh, you know, surviving the game. Remember that with Ice-T? Yeah. Where they hunted the brother, sent him out in the woods. Oh, yeah. I forgot all about that one, brother. Yeah, so he's he's done some good stuff, man. And and, and that genre, I mean, if you could do it right, man, you can make money. So. Yeah, yeah. Kudos, man. Kudos, yeah, kudos to, to him, man. To him and, you know, keep doing it. Keep doing it, bro. All right, what else you got, man? What else is on the uh, the good old agenda? Your, uh, well, I was I was listening to something the other day, man. That's a question I want to ask you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when in the nineties, you know, hip hop was very um, active in the Free South Africa movement and mm-hmm. some other things. Yeah, yeah. hip hop was was very politically active. Yeah. Okay. And then you know, hip hop was under siege for a while with gangster rap out of the government, et cetera. It was was 
was was going after hip hop. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, for lyrical for content. Yeah, lyrical yeah. content and that type of stuff. Yeah. And um, and you know, um, and then most recently, um, her, now recently about ten years ago, twelve years ago, um, Kanye West made his infamous attack on President Bush at the time. <laughs> that was funny. You know. And at, so, the, at the Katrina, right at the Katrina, uh, and so and so now Snoop yeah, telephone, had, yeah. yeah, so Snoop now has a um, a video out mm-hmm. uh, where there's a mock assassination of um, Trump. Yeah, I saw that. So, w- where do you think hip hop is going politically, man? Because you know, back in the day, hip hop was always it was it was the CNN for the streets. Yeah, yeah. You know, and back in the day, it was very active. I mean, did a lot of it aligned themselves, allied with other organizations, and you know, but where is it? Do you, do you see that now, man? You know, man, I, I'm a, it, it, that's a tough question, man. I think um, we, we probably have to look at it from a music standpoint, probably R&B music, hip hop combined black music, black okay. artists. And, you know, back in the day, man, I, I remember you had Chuck, mm-hmm. uh, Chuck D, Public Enemy. Um, there was always KRS-One, no. one, but, but really more so probably my generation probably as I got older, um, public enemy kept a lot of issues to the forefront, at the forefront. Right. And they said a lot of things that a lot of folks weren't willing to say. And, 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 and the main reason was because you had a leader like Chuck D, Mm -hmm. um, you know, forget Flav, (laughs) not forget Flav, but you know, Flav Flav, Flav, Flav had a role. He He had had his role. He had his role. But, but you don't have right now, the Chuck D's mm-hmm. and, and, and I'm not, I'm not knocking the guys out there right now, but name, if you, if you were to name Chuck and Chuck is still pretty active. You know, I think it takes you, right now you can, I can somebody name, to be the Chuck D. I can name some people. Chuck, Chuck has always been at the forefront. Go I ahead, can I'm name sorry. some people that are active. Yeah. But, but I mean, like, but I, I can't name, like I can't name anyone that is probably as impactful as the way Chuck was. Chuck was just, I mean, you know, Chuck, in his delivery, in his delivery, and Chuck was kind of like quote a the Malcolm X of uh, of hip hop. Yes, he time. was. I mean, I can see right he now he was well spoken. Right. He was articulate. He was he was he was well read. He was yeah. You know, he, he was unashamed, unashamed, unapologetic about who the hell he was mm-hmm. and what he stood for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he didn't play the games. No. Uh, you know, right now, I mean, you got cats like John Leathers, are doing a lot. Common is doing stuff, but these guys don't have, in my opinion, to what you, as you mentioned, if you compare and contrast to Chuck D, they don't have that platform like Chuck did. No, Chuck. I mean, you know, Chuck was very fortunate when when Public Enemy came out. Uh, the Spike Lee movie actually helped elevate them. Oh yeah, fight the power. That helped elevate them. Yeah, because a lot of us didn't know who the hell they were. Well, see, the other thing was when when Chuck was mainstream which Chuck became mainstream because they started touring with rock bands that message even though it was hardcore it was pro-black it was still even embraced by mainstream don't know if that message would be embraced to the point that today where he could tour with a Guns N' Roses in that kind of crowd and still do the kind of stuff he's, he, right. he used to do because the, the country's so polarized but you know that, you know, to the point again, I, I just think you got to have at least one artist who people can cling to 
and referred to. So do you think? Do you think? And I don't know if there, there's. Do you think that Snoop one. is the one man? I mean, you know, Snoop. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I mean, I Kanye. I mean, Kanye threw a grenade at at at, at um at Bush. Yeah, I mean that started some dialogue. I mean Kanye is 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 that type of guy who can start the dialogue. Now I don't know if he can finish it, but, but I, I think there's consistency and being all about it. When when Chuck when when you thought about Chuck, you thought I mean, he was all in, right? You never you never Chuck, saw Chuck didn't show up to the rally for a photo op. <laughs> no, I, I mean really, and, and you know, nor I mean with Snoop, Snoop's kind of like in multiple worlds, you know. Um. He's a big ad. I mean, you know, you know, cannabis. That's his thing, man. And, and and that's cool. But you got multiple worlds with Snoop. You know what I mean? Martha Stewart. Yeah. So Chuck, even though Chuck was in multiple worlds, too, you kind of had Chuck in this. I, I don't want to call it like this box, but he was where, you know, you wouldn't see him on a variety show singing with Andy Williams. Right, right. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. Now, what, what's your who the hell is that? Okay, name? yeah, yeah, Moon River, Moon River. That's the song. Okay, but, they, but am I right? Yeah, you're, you're right, man. You, you, you just, wouldn't, you wouldn't see. I mean, you know, where Snoop might show up, you know, with you know, but but you wouldn't, you might see Chuck doing some of that stuff. But Chuck was true to, you know, he was yeah. true to what he was. You see, you see a Chuck at a, yeah. na- at a at a nation at a nation meeting. <laughs> You know, Chuck was. You know, Chuck. Chuck would. You know, yeah, Chuck would be. And see, I don't, I don't know if um, right now, if uh, there's one artist who can truly kind of carry that weight on its own. Well, and also too, I don't think the music, the way the music has has morphed. No. Um, you remember in the '90s, there was so much going on. Well, you had a couple of different. You had a couple of different artists coming out. Like yeah. you had, um, you know, what is it? Not you had Wu Tang. Which mm, had had its had its moments. Well, a lot too. of those guys had a lot of uh, you had political. Lot of them, they the had red, a lot, the black, the green. Yeah, they had, had a, cross colors. Yeah, know, they had a know. lot of. I mean, you know, yeah, they had a lot of those cats. Um, had a lot of um, political messages in their yeah. content, and we, we went through that phase, and, and and eventually, I mean, I think, I don't know, might we'll see if it's cyclical if it comes back, right? But who do you? I mean, you, what were you about to ask? Well, you know, I. That, Reason why I asked this question is because I thought about Snoop and then I then I heard Steve Harvey's comment. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve Harvey's comment: He's basically telling the black entertainers that they need to respect um, um, Trump. And my my take is my I I, I perceive it as this. Mm-hmm. I think what Steve Steve was trying to say was respect the office, but you don't have to respect the man. You know the office of the president. Yeah, but see, I I don't I don't think um, hip hop is rooted in the history of respecting the office or the man. Right, right. But I mean, I mean but this he, goes back to Reagan. This goes back to Bush. Right. right. But um, at the same time, I mean, Steve was trying to make this blanket comment because you know he's been he's been getting a lot of heat. Yeah. Um, uh, he's still getting a lot of heat um, for his meeting with with Trump. Yeah. And. Um, and you know, you know, of course, a, a lot of entertainers, both mainstream and non-mainstream, have have been making comments about Trump. I yeah. mean, you know, all of us have made our comments about Trump. I mean, comments were made about Obama. I mean, hey, I mean, yeah. Obama had a guy that basically shouted shouted at him in a um, at at, a, at one of his addresses. Look, when you're president of the U.S. or any country, in a in a country where there's freedom of speech, you're a target. 
Yeah. Okay, yeah. you're a target for criticism. Uh, you're, you're a target for people who have creative license to make things and create things. Uh, they're not going to, you know, go up to the White House and throw paint. Some might. On the on the on the gate, you know they've been trying to get in these last couple of days. Well, dude was walking around for seventeen minutes. <laughs> I heard a commentator so. said if he was a brother, that wouldn't have happened. It's, you know, he wouldn't have been walking around for seventeen minutes. Un, you know, but but my point is, I mean, when it comes down to freedom of speech and people have the ability to say what they want, and and you know what, but they, I guess, ultimately they they pay the price in in multiple ways, depending on you know how the country either supports or against. I mean, some people want to ride that wave. Um, you know, if 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 a, if you got a very unpopular president and you gonna make, you know, ride the wave of your, you know, I, I think a lot of these artists they know their constituencies, they know their art, they know their target, they understand that that's what their target is saying, and they just reflect what the target is saying. Right now, I don't think um, you know nobody should probably in, in any way um, take pot shots to the point where it endangers the president's life. You know, but outside of that, man, I mean, you you gonna make comments and you know political statements and you know ultimately you pay the price based on uh, you know the your either either your supporters or your detractors and, and and you know Snoop at this point in his career, how much more is he gonna pick up? That's right. I mean, what what's he gonna? I mean, I mean do you think he's gonna convert some Trump voters to to buy his music? No, no, no he's not talking to them. He's talking to his base, just like Trump talks to his base. So, you know, I, you know, I, you know, it, it's it, it depends on, you know, who's saying it and who, you know, right. right. What, the, what, what you want. I mean, because right. when I heard Steve said, I, I was saying, what, what, where is he trying to go with this? Well, you know, that's his decision. He's, yeah. you know, if anything, you know, he he's been in the business. He's he's a smart businessman. So obviously he knows his base and, and he's, you know, catering to his base. Right. So, but but ultimately, man, I, I'll tell you um, that um, a lot of what Forty Five is dealing with is self inflicted. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, he still thinks it's the eighties. He wants it to be the eighties again, man. When he when he was on top of the world. Yeah, but but it's, it's kind of like that hornet's nest that's way over in the corner, and your parents keep telling you, "Hey, don't go two hundred feet." And across keep, the and field keep, and you keep poking at it and, and and poke it and it's 200 feet you ain't even got to go near it right and and you know and, and you ask i guess you know Rand, the biggest thing i ask is why why are you going 200 feet to poke the hornet's nest right why even somebody made a comment man the other day and they they asked the question um you ever watched smirconish no this dude and and I, I almost almost got the clip. Mm-hmm. He had a guy on, and he said Obama's got a good case for libel, for slander. Yeah, I've I've heard that. And he basically poured the case out because the whole thing is uh, you got to prove intent, right? Malicious intent. And if uh, an attorney could go into court and prove that the comments made are maliciously intended to smear a former president, then he has a case. He does have a case, man. When you when you look at that, when you look at those tweets. Yeah. And, and 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 I thought that was interesting to say because, you know, instead of um, you know, I, I think it's a good point. Yeah. Because it goes beyond 
just the, the, the fact that it's dumb as fuck. You know, well, and then you just then you make a comment, and I hate to say it like that, but it is. It's kind of like you want to say it. You want to just, damn, dude. Like you, like you said, like you say, these in football, these would be offside and holding penalties. Here's the thing. You know what? You know what it reminds me of? What's that? It's kind of like, okay, you the you got the uh, the math quiz, (laughs) right? And you got the damn answers. The key. You got the answer key. You got the answer key. And you just go give the wrong answers. Right. Just anyway. Right. And he's just throwing out these wrong answers when he's got the answers. Right. He's got the key. Right. I, I, you know, I, I heard a, um, uh, one of the... You get my point. I heard, I mean, one, is, is I heard, just, I heard one of the guys say... fetched I, I heard Fareed say this. I heard your boy Fareed say that. He said, it's simple. Yeah. Pick up the goddamn phone. <laughs> <laughs> and make one phone call. Make a call. Oh, that's all you have to do. Declassify this information yeah. before you open your mouth up. I mean, all he had to say was, I think Obama's doing something. Let me check this out. If he's doing something, I'm going to put him on blast. Because that's why I ran when they were talking about, man, you know, could this guy actually sue him 45 for, okay, libel is writing, slander is verbal. Both. Could it just be for yeah? Because because now you almost like defamation of character. Well, yeah, because because now he has his he has his press secretary yeah commenting on this stuff, yeah. which it, which technically he is the mouth, the voice of the administration. Yeah, yeah. So you know, and then you got his his counselor and all these other people. I mean, yeah. and yeah. then you get it's it's just it, it just a simple tweet that that to your point not only is it has become dangerous in so many levels. Yeah, yeah. You know. But okay, man. But, not, but for rational people right now, it's not a rational world. And no. I think that's the key for us right now. Um, we we got to find, how do you call it, civility and rational thought in an irrational world. Right. I mean, that's that's really, quite frankly, where we are, man. So, hey, you know, we want to we wanna hear from y'all, though. Um, uh, GP3RTT at gmail.com. Um, we really do. I mean, help us, help us help you. <laughs> Jerry Maguire, <laughs> my boy, it's like, I, you know, reach out to us, gp3rtt at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail, 4-413-556-9546. Phone number again, you, you can actually call that number, leave a voicemail, and say, Tommy B, what you say? All right, 413-RAM, what you say? 413-556-9546. Tut, where you at? You know where Tut is, man? Tut is in Daytona this weekend. I have to live vicariously through the brother. So he's biker week. Oh, he biker week. So he walking yeah. around there with his little biker chaps on and, and his little vest. Yeah, yeah dude. Body I, all I said, oiled up. I said, hey, man, can you do a, a report at the beginning of the show? No, I'm not uh, sure, man. man. I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, I'm not I'll sure. see. Yeah, I'll see. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, he won't be around. I'll call your publicist. Yeah. You got to call his people, man. Call his people. Go through his people, man. Hey, but you also go to, um, you know, find us um, on our network, uh, Castropolis, C-A-S-T, like podcast, cast, the city, Tropolis, casttropolis.net, C-A-S-T-R-O-P-O-L-I-S.net. More stuff coming soon. Got some stuff coming up next month as well. Big shout out to Regina Love and her crew, man. They just rolling out some content, dude. They got shows. Yeah. Yeah. You can check them out. 
No, nah, man, you know, Regina, you know, her, you know, like, I checked out one of her shows, man. You know, they look too intense for me, man. Them women on that show, man. Yeah, they don't you know, play. I think we need to they have a, we need to have a showdown with them, man. They are. We're gonna have them all, man. We're gonna do a showdown. A show versus That's show. Right, we're gonna do a battle. <laughs> a battle. We're gonna battle. We're gonna drop the mic on them, man. But they're on SoundCloud, we're on SoundCloud, iTunes, you go on, give us five star reviews, man. Any shout outs to the to your crew? Oh yeah, my my research my researcher Kendall B. She doing all right. What's up, Kendall B? Kendall she, B. Doing uh, her she, thing. she you know she doing mm-hmm. her thing. She said yeah. she, said she gonna reach out to Nick Millennial. Yeah, she said they gonna they gonna they gonna do something. Ah uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll what's see. up? Shout out to Evie if she's checking us out. Evie, what's Evie up to? You heard from Evie? You know, Evie's, Evie's been on the road, man. You yeah. know, she been doing her thing. Um, yeah. She uh, she had some guests in town this week, so she been kind of bogged down, but Very entertaining. Cool. But she's she's all right. Well, very cool. Uh, what's up to SBDG, our, our rapper intro? Yes, yes, uh, brother. Graphics, uh, you know, Lady J, we've got some new graphics, man. We got a new logo coming. You know what? I can't tell you. I, God, I, I ain't gonna show it to guys, you. I'm gonna tell you because I know you're not gonna like it. T- but I'm gonna show it to you soon. So it's I'm, gonna roll out. I'll tell you guys. Let me tell you something. See, Lady J, Lady J, <laughs> Lady J does her thing. She <laughs> does her a, thing. And you know, got a new logo coming. You know, Lady J and me, we have to we have to gang up on Tommy. Baby. <laughs> yeah. You know, whatever. Tommy. Tommy don't. What? You know, Tommy don't want to act right. What? So I had to get Lady J in involved. You know. Whatever. Appreciate y'all for listening. Hey, we'll check you out uh, again. You know, stay stay rational and civil in a very irrational. You know, and, 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 and have world. empathy too, people. Have em- empathy. That that's that's <laughs> what's being lost right now. I mean, I think we're doing the empathy thing. I think it's on the other side. Now. Well, I don't know. I don't take sides. I'm just saying. You know. Well, I think I, I think everyone needs to show empathy. I agree. Everyone needs Good to point. show empathy. Empathy and civility. Right. So we got to get back to that, man. All right, y'all. All right. Have a great week. Take care. Peace. Peace.